From protecting the President of the United States to protecting the 9 to 5 employee, we talk with Charles Roselle, the founder of Trinity Risk Solutions. He shares how he went from working with the Secret Service to opening his own security and risk management company. Charles, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to the opportunity here. Yeah, we're really excited to talk to you. Your experience sounds amazing and your business is super interesting. So for our listeners and as we get going here, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business, how you started and what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. The name of my company is Trinity Risk Solutions, and we're a security risk management company with a focus on workplace violence prevention. Our tagline is, we help organizations protect their people by providing exceptional workplace security, safety, and training. Oh, that's cool. Tell us a little bit of the backstory of what was your prior experience before you started this business and what led you to launching this business? Yeah, so actually I spent 16 years as a special agent with the United States Secret Service, and I'm passionate about the concept of protection, whether it be protecting people, organizations, or even assets. During my 16 years with the Secret Service, I spent five of those years on the presidential detail where I served under President George W. Bush and President Barack Obama. And I can say from when I was on the presidential detail, that started my inkling for eventually starting my own company because I noticed the entire mission and point of the Secret Service is to keep the president safe so he can do his job. If he had to focus on the daily distractions and threats, he would not be able to focus on doing his job and doing it effectively. And the same can be true for organizations, because as a leader, it's difficult to create and sustain a high-performing organization. But as a leader, if you do not focus on the security of your company, you can put your organization and even your employees at risk, and you can send a message of negligence. However, if all you do is focus on security, then your organization might not perform you know, and be, uh, be productive. So we say at Trinity Risk Solutions, I want to take that burden off you as a leader, just like I did for the president, so we can enhance the organizational performance by implementing our security solutions. That is way cool. Very interesting and an angle that I hadn't really thought of before, you know, as someone who's trying to build a business and provide a place for employees to feel safe and comfortable and able to focus I imagine at some point that really does become an issue to be concerned with. Right. I feel like a lot of times security is an afterthought. You know, we need security once an incident happens at our workplace or maybe across the street from our workplace or, you know, we see something in the news. But I think what I've learned early on in the two years that I started the company is I don't want to feel like I'm out there trying to convince potential clients. When I talk to them, I want to inspire them and let them know how security is not just what a CFO might look at as, oh, it's just money going out. It's just an expense. But no, we can actually help enhance your organizational performance and show, hey, when we implement these solutions, we're going to make your employees feel valued and they can focus on performing at their best. They can focus on their task at hand without being worried or looking over their shoulder. That is really great. You're inspiring me already, honestly. (laughs) And we could spend this whole time having you inspire us and sell us on your your service, but we want to focus a little bit more now on you as the business owner, right? This podcast is about helping other business owners feel like they're not alone, like success isn't always, you know, becoming a billion dollar company overnight and that there's a lot of other elements that go into building a business. So you've been in business two years now. How were your initial expectations, you know, as you began and opened your business at the beginning, different from the reality that you've experienced over the last two years? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's important for business owners, you know, to hear other business owners' stories. So, yes, I'll be honest, I was living in San Diego and moved back to Nashville, where I'm from, to start this company. And honestly, I thought once I got here back to Nashville, 
you know, throw together a quick website and I would be uh, setting the world on fire. And that was not the case. Just learning quickly the, the challenge of being a business owner and ownership, starting from scratch, you know, just what is your logo? What is your name? Building out your foundation, your mission, your vision, your website, and then starting to network and then focusing on client acquisition. And, and all of that takes time to build that confidence. And then once you start getting some clients, then you know, you're building that trust and then you start getting testimonials and referrals. So for me, I can tell you it was, and I still have a long way to go, but just that process, you know, how it does take time. And the most important thing is building that trust with potential clients and knowing what you're doing and why. They want to learn more about your, you know, your story, your background, but also, hey, how can you help us? How can you bring value to my organization? So I would say that the challenge in the initial stages is just know your timeline, know it's it's starting with building out a solid foundation, which is knowing your core values, your mission, your vision, and then just really, really networking and leveraging your contacts. That's great. So you said head back to Tennessee, throw up a website, and then it's just going to flow. Right. So what was your anticipation? You thought you'd have the first client within the first week or you'd be a millionaire by two years in or, or you know? It's a good question. So honestly, I, we moved here in July of 2019, putting the website together and I thought I'd have clients, you know, in fall of 2019 and started realizing very quickly that it, it takes time talking to somebody and saying, hey, can you do an introduction to this person? I, I want to talk to a decision maker at this company. And then when they do that introduction, it might take a week or two before you have that meeting. And that first meeting, I'm learning, it's just all about building the trust. You might not even talk about your products or your services. Then you set up another meeting. It might be two or three weeks later to get more into the details of how you can bring value. And then if they're interested, then you start the, the proposal phase. So it's, it's a process. And another thing I would mention to new business owners, not that I've been around that long, but and you alluded to it earlier, is surrounding yourself with advisors or good contacts. Because there are times you, you feel very isolated and lonely. You're not a part of a large corporation anymore. If you came from the business world, now you're on your own. So you start to wonder, am I doing this right? Who can I talk to? I did build an advisory board. That's another thing I would recommend to new business owners, just a place to go and get good advice, insight, answers to questions. It doesn't have to be people in your field or in your industry or sector, just people you trust and you know that can uh, give you some good advice and help you not feel isolated when you're starting this process. Yeah, that is so critical. I love the descriptive word of isolation because it's amazing how often you feel like that, even though there's a lot of people around you, there's a lot of things going on. But when you're bearing the brunt of it, you do feel isolated and it's a hard thing to describe and it's a hard thing to work through. So the support system becomes so foundational to be able to be, be successful in what you're trying to do. You're correct. The support system is critical. And one thing I tell people who haven't started a new business yet is you put founder or CEO on your business card and it's a great title, but you know, you're really the janitor, you're the accountant, you're right. the executive assistant, you're all these other things that take up a lot more of your time than founder and CEO, which is important. You know, it's similar to that book, The E-Myth Revisited, where it talks about, you know, are you interested in baking cookies or pies? Or are you interested in running a business at a bakery? Kind of figuring out like, do you enjoy what you're doing, but are you going to be passionate about the business side of it, you know, business development and marketing and website and accounting, trying to figure out which one do you want to be? Well, I'm interested as you were going through that sort of that startup phase or just really any, any part of your business. We talked to a lot of people and it, it seems like it's never how you initially perceive it's going to go, right? We're always probably more optimistic than we should be, but we wouldn't go if we weren't that way, right? And so right. that's an important thing. But 
as you got into that, what were some of the greatest challenges that you hit, the, the roadblocks that you hit along the way that maybe you, you just weren't expecting? And how did you overcome those? One of them is just responses, meaning maybe you have a meeting with somebody and during the meeting, you think everything went great. And they said, yeah, we'll be in touch. Well, in my mind, I thought that meant they'd be calling me back tomorrow. So I wouldn't hear anything for a day or two. Then I'll start questioning, you know, were they not interested? Did they not enjoy the meeting? So then maybe I'd send an email and I wouldn't hear something for a week or maybe two weeks. So I think a lot of it is expectations. I learned very quickly to manage my expectations, even if a meeting goes well, just to manage it and say, hopefully we'll, we'll move on to the next steps. Because my assumption, if a meeting went well, then they'd be signing a contract the next day. And that, that is not the case. <laughs> So I do talk to people about how it is definitely important to manage expectations because I had several companies that seemed very interested and they're well-known companies in this area. And two years later, I still don't have any business with them. So I think it's important to note that, but also as we used to say in the service, to have thick skin, meaning it's not you, it's not personal, but you got to kind of get over yourself and move on. You know, what's the next company or what's the next person I want to get in front of to talk to? So you have to have that thick skin and not take any of that personally. Yeah. One of those, you know, you listed off a bunch of hats you're wearing. One of those hats as the founder of the business for a long time is a salesperson. It was a while after we started our business that we learned that, oh, you have to follow up with somebody seven to eight times before you can even expect any kind of response sometimes. That was just kind of sales 101, the follow-up, right? And it's just an example of something you don't know as an accountant to something I just, I didn't know but there's just a million of those little details and things to learn along the way. And I guess that's one of the beautiful things about being founders. You get to kind of cover all of these different areas, right? And gain perspective and and understanding that you didn't have before. Right. I've learned so much just in two years, which I can't imagine what I'm going to learn over the next 15 to 20 years. But you're right. You have that perspective of, of that. But also then once you start having business, you still have to focus on business development. Let's say you know I, I, you get a business with a client and it's a project that'll maybe last a month or two. Well, that that's great, and you're, you're working hard on that. But what are you doing when those that project's ended? You know, so how is that balance of still doing business development, trying to get new business, new client acquisition, while you're currently doing other projects? I wish I could say I had the, the secret sauce or the secret answer to that question, but that's something I'm learning now that I'm starting to build the business, which is great. But what am I doing to continue that momentum once some of these projects are uh, concluded? I think that's the universal question, right? I was actually going to follow up with you on that question because we're talking to business-specific things, right? We're talking about hey, business development, somebody taking out the trash, somebody fulfilling on the work that you actually bring in the door, which is a, you know can cause a whole other set of problems. You just have so much going on. But then outside of work, I'm imagining you have a life outside of work as well, right? With Potentially with family or other responsibilities outside of that. With everything that you have going on inside of the company, with the things you have going on outside of the company, how do you prioritize your time and how do you find some semblance of balance to your life there? Yeah, it's a great question. And again, I wish I had a one set answer that I could provide that would help others. I think it's different for everybody. One thing I've learned is I do have a family, a wife and two kids. And usually when dinner time, let's say 5.30 to 7.30 when the kids are home and dinner, I tried, you know, that time to be focused on them and the family, knowing that, uh, you know, as part of running your own business, maybe once you put the kids down, then you still get another couple hours of work in at night. 
So a lot of it for me is just managing the time around other priorities. You know, obviously the business is, is so important, but the only way, at least for me personally, I'm going to thrive in my business is if I'm thriving in my family life as well. So just, you know, setting those priorities, it might need a little bit less sleep, but that's okay with me right now in, in the stage I'm in. So having that work-life balance of being able to somewhat turn it off and turn it on at, at certain times so you can still focus on other priorities and frankly, more important priorities than the business. That's a great perspective. I imagine you are, uh, I'm going to make an assumption, first of all, just because you've got your own business, but also because of your uh, previous history with Secret Service, the ability to be disciplined and to be able to say, hey, I got to shut this off for a little bit. I got to turn my attention to my family and to my other responsibilities. That's a hard thing to learn if if you're not disciplined and willing to do that because the business just doesn't go away, right? There's always something you could be doing. And so that discipline and that responsibility that it that drive within you to make that decision is a good a good thing for all of us to mirror. Absolutely. And full disclosure, it wasn't like that from day one. I, I'm learning that as I go, because I, I don't think I was very good at that in the initial stages of building this business, thinking you hear other people talking, you're like, you have to be working in your business 24-7. So I wasn't doing a very good job of turning it off and turning it on. So it's just over time, like most things, you, you learn what the balance is and what you can do. And it also leads to going back to the business of, okay, now that I've built this foundation and I'm starting to build clients and build momentum, what are ways that I can make this a scalable business and build recurring revenue? One thing we're doing that we're really excited about is I really enjoy doing these security assessments, but it's not very scalable. It solves a problem, but it's not very scalable. So we are um, trying to leverage the technology side of our business and soon we'll be launching an app, which will help with that. So we're excited to be able to hopefully use that technology to build a scalable business. The innovation and, and always trying to improve, figure out better ways to do things is one of my favorite things about business. wanted to go back to something because I think you bring up a good point. I think it's worth drawing out is a lot of times we use this phrase of work-life balance and people think that that means you're going to work for eight hours, you're going to be home for eight hours, and then you're going to sleep for eight hours and that's your 24-hour day, right? I think you, you learn quickly that that's not what work-life balance is. There's times when work does demand more, right? And there's times when home and outside of work life demands more, but we've always taken, me and my wife have taken the approach of, you know, if you can look back over a month or over a year and just say, hey, generally we had a pretty good balance, <laughs> right? Right. Not every day was balanced, not every week was balanced, but overall we're doing a pretty good job of, of balancing this out and making sure that we're taking care of everything that is important. No, you're exactly right. And that, that is my focus and my family's focus early on in the business. And with the understanding in the initial stages of building this foundation, it might be a little bit more time to the business, but you still have your priorities in check. We're trying to build it out and build a scalable business. So there's more demand for the family priorities. You, you have that time available to you. Absolutely. You mentioned something earlier, Charles, about thriving as an individual. What are some of the ways you feel like starting and running your own business has enabled you to more fully thrive as an individual as opposed to staying on with the CIA or, or, or doing what you were doing previously? Yeah, I think just embracing that responsibility of ownership, you really see, at least for me, you really see what you're made of and who you are. I thoroughly enjoyed my 16 years with the government, but that position didn't allow me to be very creative, which was fine at the time. But now being a business owner, you know, it, it all falls on your shoulder. Again, back to the, the responsibility of ownership. It pulls out the creative side of you. You know, you're building a business from scratch. You know, what again, going back, what are your colors? What are your logo? What's your vision, your mission? And I realized by doing that, 
yeah, it, it is scary. I tell people it's exciting and scary all at once, you know, all mixed in together. But I've learned so much, you know, about myself and I've really enjoyed, you know, the term networking is thrown around a lot, but I didn't really know what it meant until I started my own business and just getting to know other people in other industries and sectors and getting to know their stories has really helped me to accelerate and build a business. Just hearing what other people have gone through, you know, when they started their company or when they left this high profile position at at an organization to start their own business and what was their vision and mission and what were their obstacles, right? Another great book that I've read is The Obstacle is the Way and talking about obstacles and speed bumps in life and especially starting your own business. You will have obstacles and speed bumps sometimes on a daily basis. They equate it in the book, which I love, is you're going to a a friend's house for dinner uh, and there's a speed bump between your house and theirs. You're not going to just turn around, go back to your house, call them and say, I can't make it tonight. You know, you're going to figure out a way and drive over the speed bump. And the same is going to be true in your business. You're going to have these obstacles and speed bumps, but what are you going to do about it? You know, are you going to go around it? You're going to drive straight through it. Uh, and hopefully you don't choose the path of you're just going to go back home and, you know, quit the business and, and do something else. So a lot of it for me has been that kind of a shift in mindset. I got some great, you know, amazing experience with the Secret Service, but now it's that mindset. Okay, now the ownership's on me and, you know, constantly wanting to learn more. Constantly wanting to be focused, you know, having great ideas and vision and mission, but focus each day on what am I doing to accomplish these goals. As someone once told me, don't try to boil the ocean because you talk to a lot of people that have a bunch of great ideas. But yes, we have this, you know, for instance, our app, we have this great idea and this is the sector we're going to focus on, you know, so it's just really, really having that focus and that determination and grit that you will make it over these obstacles and speed bumps. That's some real sage golden advice there. I, I love that you realize after a while that execution on vision is sometimes a lot more challenging than coming up with vision, right? That, right. that to actually put your ideas and your concepts and, and what you see out in front of you into action and turn it into an experience for your clients and customers there's just so much that goes into making it a reality. And you're right, the, the barriers are constant and you've just got to have the grit to, to press on and push through them and not even knowing for sure that it's going to work in the end, continue pursuing your vision and, and making it a reality. It just takes way more out of you than I think any of us realize. Oh, it does. You know, for instance, just on this app, we started it, it was what I call our COVID baby. You know, once things started shutting down March of 2020, Probably like most business owners, especially new ones like myself, there was a lot to think about. It's a nice way to put it. And we started thinking, okay, well, technology, what, what can we do? So we had the idea for the app, which was exciting. We got with a developer and we thought it'd be about three to four months. And uh, here we are, what is it, almost 18 months later, and we're soon, we will be beta testing it. Um, so there, there's an you know, example to your point right there where you know we had an idea and yeah, we implemented it, but once we went through with it, it's still a a lot longer process than we thought, but we're excited about it and we'll see what uh, what the market tells us. That's wonderful. By the way, we weren't laughing at you. We were laughing with you because okay. uh, <laughs> those, those timelines sound uh, familiar or uh, expedited over the ones we've experienced. So, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. More people I've talked to in dealing with technology, they, they said the same thing. They said, well, three to four months, 18 months, that's, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's tough to hear that. And that's, you know what, it, it's, it's a good point because sitting down with some advisors here when I first moved here and they said, you know, I, I really think you have some good goals and a good vision and mission in mind. I really think you just keep grinding in three to five years, you're probably, you know, you're going to start building a good business. And I said, 
three to five years. I was like, do you mean months? You know, I was shocked. I was like, they just don't understand. And you know what? Each day I'm starting to think that they are correct. It, <laughs> they understood. You've touched on these topics as, you know, as you've uh, been explaining different aspects of your business and things like that. But for you, what really is that most rewarding thing that, that gets you gets you going and keeps you excited about this business? I think for me, and this is probably true for most business owners, is when you can see how you're bringing value to an organization. Yes, when you're talking to a potential client, they say, yeah, we're interested, send us a contract. That's a great feeling. But when you're done with your project, or for me, in my case, you know, finished an assessment or a training session, and you can see the value you brought either by an employee coming up to you saying, wow, you, I really learned a lot today and I feel more confident in what I'm doing, or talking to some people in the C-suite after you've done an assessment and, and gone over your findings. And they're just very appreciative. And then next steps, they talk about how can we implement some of these recommendations you've put in place for us. And then finally, which I just had this week and I and I had that great feeling is getting a call from somebody I've never met before and they say, well, so-and-so referred me. And, you know, I've always heard that growing up, you know, referrals and testimonials, but I finally got to see what, what that feels like firsthand, you know, when you're getting a call from somebody you don't know, but they're calling you because another company referred them to our company. So that that's a great feeling. Yeah, that's great. I think it's interesting. We talk to a lot of, again, we talk to a lot of small business owners with a lot of our clients and things like that. And the things that you brought up, the fulfillment, helping improve people's lives, it seems that the common thread is, is actually never money, right? Which right. is interesting because most people view, oh, you started a business so that you can make a lot of money. And maybe that was a motivator in the beginning, right? But right. as you start to be fulfilled and you start to see real fulfillment, it usually comes in the way of connections with people, helping people, being of service to them, seeing your stuff implemented, seeing it affect other people. And so I, I really appreciate your comments. It seems right in line with what we hear from others. It, it's true. It's, uh, you know, on the brochure of being a business owner is you, you're a billionaire and you fly, you know, the private jets and you dive into it and realize very quickly that's not the case. And I think it's usually the people that keep going or the ones that are trying to be value to their clients. And I, I equate it to the, the brochure with the Secret Service. You know, it had a gentleman in a nice suit and near piece standing next to the president flying on Air Force One. And I realized very quickly, once I got in, I stood in a lot of stairwells where I would be there for eight hours and never see the president. <laughs> I flew a lot of cargo planes for 15 hours to a, another country that I couldn't even pronounce. And it wasn't for about eight years into my career that I even flew on Air Force One. So it's very similar. You realize, hey, I, I'm not in it just to wear a nice suit and sunglasses and earpiece. You know, it's, there, there's a lot more to this. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's great, Charles. You've given us a lot of things to think about and, and small business owners. I hope we can all just pull out the principles, you know, the laws or the the little things here that Charles has, has taught to us that really can apply to any business, any new business in general, and you can benefit from all of those. Charles, how can our listeners get in touch with you? They want to learn more about you. Yeah, my website is www.thetrinityrisksolutions.com. So it's thetrinityrisksolutions, all one word, dot com. And then phone number for the organization is 615-581-7050. And then email is info at thetrinityrisksolutions.com. Wonderful. Thanks again for taking time with us today and we uh, wish you the best in all that you're doing. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it and thank you for your time as well. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and the stories that Charles shared with us today. If you own a small business and would like to share your story, please visit us at mazumausa.com 
slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. See you next time.